it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might have give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel dis- distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So his governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make him <clears throat> make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign their writing so that it cannot be ch- changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians which does not alter. Then the king Darius signed the written decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and and in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and gave thanks before his God as his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within thirty days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Then the king answered and said, The king is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you. O king, for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that if this is the law, that the Medes and Persians, that no decree or statue which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the, of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his place and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the the lion's mouth so that they 
have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. And the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den so that Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found in him because he believed in his God. And it, and the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom must, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure Endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power in it, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. And, uh, Father God, I pray that you would just use Pastor Jackie this morning, Lord. Speak through him mightily and boldly, Lord. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that we would apply this to our lives today, Lord God, of, of what you did, Lord, um, for us on the cross, Lord, and, and just using these people in, in the word of God, Lord, to just teach us and show us the proper way, Lord, to just live for you. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. And Father God, we just ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to just fill every crack in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we've been working our way through this study in the book of Daniel, Remember, we've been talking about this concept. Remember, as the children of Israel are, are first going in, you had a battle of two minds, really. You had Jeremiah, right, you remember? And another prophet, a false prophet, who was telling, his name was Hananiah, telling the people to, to not move in, to not, don't worry, God's going to deliver you, you're not going to go through this. And Jeremiah the whole time is saying, look, I don't know what that guy's talking about, but God said you're going through it. And this is how it's going to be, and, and, and you're headed that way. Hananiah wanted to separate. He wanted to hide from it. He wanted to stay as far away from it as he could because there's going to be pain involved. You had King Nebuchadnezzar come in. What was his goal? You remember? King Nebuchadnezzar's goal was assimilation, right? I'm going to assimilate you in so you'll just become like everybody else. I'm going to change the way you think. I'm going to change how you look at things. I'm going to change how you deal with things. I'm going to send you my best schools. I'm going to teach you the, 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 you know, the, the best that Babylon has to offer. And I'm going to change who you are. So you have Nebuchadnezzar, the world, the, the kingdoms of the world saying assimilate, just become like everybody else. You got, uh, some, uh, who, who would follow the Lord who through fear are saying, let's separate. Let's just stay away. Let's stay out of it. Stay, you know, separated from it all. But that's not what Jesus said, right? Remember in Romans chapter 12, Jesus said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body how? Oh, 
Now, what does that phrase imply, living sacrifice? Doesn't that imply there might be hardship and difficulties you've got to face? You guys remember, you know what a sacrifice was, right? <laughs> it was not a good day for the, whatever the sacrifice was. I present your body as a living sacrifice, which is acceptable to God and is your reasonable act of worship. And to not be conformed into the image of this world, but to be what? Transformed. So whose image do we begin to take on? The image of Jesus, right? We begin to be transformed into his image, which then empowers us to be, like so many songs say, his hands and feet, right? So you have Daniel, who is the hands and feet of God in Babylon, in, the, in all the muck and mire. He survived all the way through Nebuchadnezzar and the four kings that followed him, the Belshazzar. He's still there when the Medes and the Persians take over. Last week, you remember the battle, Medes and the Persians Basically take Babylon without a fight, overnight. And what do you see as we begin the scripture today? Daniel's still there. He's still there. Why? Because he has been transformed by God. He is God's man for the moment, for such a time as this, bam, he's right there to be the voice of God. Now, Daniel's not the only guy, is he? (coughs) In the book of Daniel, we are introduced to... Three other fellas, you remember their names, right? Rakshak and Benny. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So those three guys, you know, we know that they were right there in it, right? And, and I imagine there were probably others whose names we don't know, but I can guarantee God hasn't forgot their names. Men who in the captivity of Israel said, look, I'm going to be a transforming power in Babylon for God among the Gentiles. And isn't that what they were doing? It's mind-boggling when we look, especially the first six chapters of Daniel, and we're like, wow, how much does this fit in our world today? Doesn't the church need to be a transforming power in our world today? Look, to be honest, I don't know if this is a true statement. Let me think about it. It's pretty true. I, I don't really care who you vote for. I already got a king. And, um... And ultimately, my king is in charge. So whatever they do, they do. Now, don't take that to mean I'm not going to vote. I've shared with you guys before. I bled to get to vote, so I'm going to vote. And I think everybody else should. But that, and while I think that is, I'm going to spend my vote well. I'm going to vote the word. I'm going to vote the Bible. But I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. <coughs> I'm going to hope. For good things, but if I want something to change in the world, what I got to do? I mean, do we really think if we if we pick the right guy, he's going to fix everything, and we're not going to have to do nothing? Hey, we by going to sleep let all this stuff happen that's in our world today, and going to sleep's not going to fix it. So what we need to do is remember the lesson of Daniel. We're here to be a transforming power, right? To transform our families. To transform our neighborhoods, to transform our cities by the power of Jesus Christ because we follow Him. Not because there's something good or better about us, but simply because we bow to knee to Jesus Christ and we want to allow Him to work in and through us. And that's what Daniel 6 wants to emphasize. Now next week we get into all the wild and crazy prophecies everybody's been waiting for. But man, this is important stuff for us to grapple with. What are you going to do with all that information? What are you going to do with all the prophecies? 
What are you going to do with all that stuff? If you don't do what's going on in the first six chapters. If you're not saying, look, I want to receive the word of God so that I can go give the word of God. I want to receive the word of God so it can change me from the inside out so that I can reflect that to men and women who are in my life. So that I can be an example of the grace of God for, for all those things that are going on. Hey, Levy, if I give you a nickel, you go give me some hot tea and honey. Because in about 10 minutes, I'm going to sound like you cannot believe. All right. Quarter? So let's take a look. Daniel, chapter 6, beginning. <coughs> it pleased Darius. Oh, I got to stop. Uh, wow. I don't have time to do this too much. Okay. So a lot of people struggle with the idea. Who's Darius? Cyrus is the one. Isaiah said Cyrus is. And, and, and historically, Cyrus is the king of the Medes and the Persians. So who's Darius? This Darius. Who's this Darius? Darius, guys, is a title. And I don't believe Darius is the same person as Cyrus. I believe Darius is the historical figure known as Gaburu. Gaburu was set up by... It's a weird name, huh? Yeah, I thought so too. But he was set up by um, Cyrus. Remember how last week we talked about Belshazzar being the second king and Nabonidus being the first king, but he was in a different place. In the same way, you got Cyrus, he's the king of the Persians. He sets up Gaburu. They give him a title. The title is Darius. It's not the only Darius. There's going to be a couple Dariuses that you're going to see in history if you spend any time looking at the kings of the Medes and the Persians. <laughs> the interesting thing, and the reason we know that, is because the Bible always likes to give us information that we think is pointless. Look, I'm going to tell you where it is. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the, the whole kingdom. Over these three governors, one of whom Daniel, uh, one of whom Daniel was one, and the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because of an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king gave thought to settling him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. <coughs> so as we look at, as the story begins, we got this, this governor set up, uh, the second king of the Medo-Persian empire. He's ruling in the Babylonian area. And Daniel is so awesome, he's in the top three again. Okay, so he's in the top three, wise guy. In fact, he's so good, this guy's like, I'm just going to set this guy over it all. Now, at this time, don't, I want you to think Daniel's some young buck anymore. He's old. I have to be careful when I start talking about old, because <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, folks, if you hit 50, you, earn, you earned old. And I can say that because I'm there. But he's even older than that. About this time, Daniel's 80 years old. 80 years old. He has been going through the captivity for a long time. Been a long time. A transforming power for God in the palace, right? Among those people. So <clears throat> we see this relationship that he has. And I think it is perfectly pictured in what Jesus Christ is calling uh, of the church. 
Think about it. In Matthew chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. Who's he talking to? Disciples, you and I. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out, trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What is it that Jesus is calling us to? Salt and light. I want you to hold on to that idea as we go through this section looking at Daniel. And I want you to remember where salt and light are at. Especially in the ancient world. Salt was not used to season their food. Salt was used to keep meat from rotting. So where would you put salt? You would put salt where things were rotting. So that they wouldn't rot. Where do you put light? You put light in the middle of the day? Where do you need a light at? Well, you need a light in the dark, don't you? So salt and light both accomplish similar things. What's that? They got to be in dark places. They got to be in corrupt places if they're going to do their job. And if they're not doing that, they're not good for much. I could have a 10 million watt powered spotlight, but at noon, what good is it? <clears throat> the light and the salt that Jesus is calling us to is a call for us to be engaged where? Among corruption and darkness. Otherwise, what's the point? Who did Jesus talk to? All the bright lights? Nope, he was a friend. They called him a friend of sinners. Man, you're beautiful. Everybody right now is saying, who's that beautiful bald guy? <laughs> With that purdy beard. Oh, I miss it. No. Anyways. So we've got to recognize, that's where, where's Daniel? Right in the middle of the dark. What's he being? A light. Where's Daniel? Right in the middle of corruption. What's he being? Salt. Preservative. A preservative. He's, he's, we see the transforming power taking place. We see that he is incorruptible, right? They couldn't find any bad thing about him. Isn't that what the word said? They couldn't find anything bad. <clears throat> he's a hard worker. He's diligent, not, not negligent. He's doing the things he needs to do. He's working in a corrupt system where lots of guys get kickbacks, right? But, but they couldn't find nothing to nail Daniel with. So Daniel wasn't doing that. He was being light there. He was being salt there. Then it says in verse 5, Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Did men say that about you? They say, look, if we're going to find something bad about you, it's going to be because of this God you serve, man. You're always standing on the side of the Lord. You're always shining the light in the dark. Look, if you're in the dark, you don't want the light. If you're corrupt, you're not looking for salt. Do, would people say of us, <coughs> man... I can't find nothing bad about that guy. I can't find nothing bad about that gal. Except if we're going to 
say something bad about them, it's going to be about their relationship with their God. How they worship, how they serve God, how they look to God. That's what these guys say. So these governors and satraps throng before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute. Okay, how do they start? With a lie. How do I know it's a lie? Because he said all the governors. You think they talked to Daniel about this? And he was going to be the top dog, right? So they kind of skipped an important dude in this whole meeting. But they went to the king and they said, Hey, all of us got together and we decided this is a good idea. <clears throat> this is why it's always dangerous to believe your press. You ever had somebody come give you great press? Oh, when I was coaching football. Jackie, you're the, the greatest football coach on earth. Never knew a fo- You know what they're doing. They're just fattening you up for the slaughter. Right? So here these guys are, man. They're, they're lying to him. And they're going to they're gonna kind of stroke his pride, right? Look at what did they say. They say, <coughs> so here's what we want to do. We want to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that anyone who petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, should be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing so it can't be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which will not or does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the decree. Well, he was kind of stoked. Oh, yeah, nobody will pray to anybody but me. I'll be the top dog for 30 days. Everybody comes to me. I don't know that he really was thinking about what that meant. But nonetheless, he signs it. They stroke his pride. He's more than happy to fall into it. He signs it. Now, here's the question, guys. If the deal for you was said, <clears throat> you can't pray for 30 days, or we're going to throw you in a den of lions, is that going to change your life? And will it affect what you're doing right now? Are you praying? Do you spend time in prayer? One of the exciting things that we have going on here is opportunities for prayer. We pray for our nation every Every uh, uh, Wednesday, what time's that, Marie? Every other Wednesday at three o'clock. So every other Wednesday, three o'clock, three six, and six. Okay, and every Tuesday morning at six a.m., we got a discipleship group of men get together and pray, spend some time in the Word. Thursdays when we have our school ministry, <laughs> we always begin now about thirty minutes of prayer, just lifting up whatever's on our hearts, whatever's going on. Friday morning at 6 a.m. over at uh, um, Howard, uh, over at Crown's Place, we, there's early morning prayer. You can find some place to pray corporately together. But the other part about Daniel's life is, is it was obvious to everyone if we're going to get him somehow, we're going to mess with his prayer time. But the average, the average person, average believer prays less than two minutes a day. So it's not very much. This affects Daniel's life. Ho- hopefully it affects our life. That we would be committed to, to prayer. Even as Daniel was. The king signs this deal. <clears throat> we know that, that uh, uh, they're going after Daniel. So what do they attack? Prayer. Oh. That, that doesn't sound familiar to nobody? 
What's what's the first thing that they want to attack? They want to attack prayer. They want to attack prayer. Shut off prayer. You can't pray. Stop praying. When I was in Yucca Valley, they had town meetings, and they would open up their their town meetings (coughs) with prayer. But a lot of the other ministers wouldn't come pray because they told us we couldn't pray in Jesus' name. So they wouldn't go pray. I said, I, I, I'm really good at following the letter of the law. Do you tell me what the letter of the law is? The letter of the law says, you cannot pray in Jesus' name. So I would say, in the name of the Mashiach Nagid, Yahweh the King, we pray these things. There's lots of ways to pray in Yeshua's name for the, the meaning. As long as I didn't say the word Jesus, they were... They're, all the lawyers are happy. He didn't say Jesus. All the Christians were, were laughing because they're like, man, he's praying about Jesus all over the place. And they don't know no different. But that's where they want to attack. That's where they want to turn the screws. And that's what they're trying to do to Daniel, man. <coughs> they attack prayer. They attack prayer. And you see how many times it says, once you sign this, you can't change it. Once you sign it, you can't change it. That was the way the law of the Medes and the Persians. Unlike Nebuchadnezzar, who could flip out and change his mind every day, right? He'd just get mad and throw somebody in a fiery furnace. Get mad and cut off all their heads and and turn their house into a dump. But under the Medes and the Persians, they didn't do that. Under the Medes and the Persians, we might look at them and say they're more civilized. So he couldn't change this once he signed it. Once he signed it, that's the way it was. So it says in verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so does Daniel know it's signed? Once he knew the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with the windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since when? Since the early days. That was part of the discipline in Daniel's life was what he was used to doing. So they said, you can't pray for 30 days. I just wonder how many people would say, okay, I won't pray for 30 days, and in 30 days I'll start praying. So Daniel, he goes to his upper room. That's where he always went. He always went up into his upper room. He always opened the window toward Jerusalem. Because the scripture says when, when the people of the children of Israel were taken away into captivity, God said, make your prayer toward Jerusalem and I will hear. So he's praying toward Jerusalem, <coughs> bowing down. And then it says not only he's on his knees, a position of humility, especially uh, for an older fella, 80 years old. I don't like getting on my knees. I'm 50. Something. I don't like getting on my knees, but he's getting on his knees. Why? It's a position of humility before God. So he gets in a position of humility. And he's so concerned about it, he prays three times a day. Those were, by the way, the three times of the the morning and evening offering. The offerings that would have been taking place in the temple that was destroyed. So he's praying those three times. When he would normally have gone to the temple for worship, now he's just... Utilizing that time in prayer. And he gave, what's it say? He gave thanks. Did you catch that? What's he giving thanks for? Uh, If I pray, (coughs) 
<clears throat> it's day one of the decree. If I pray, they're going to throw me where? In the den of lions. So he's praying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You made those lions. I, I think those lions are cool looking. I like looking at lions. Thank you, Lord, for where I'm at and the opportunities I get to stand before you. Thank you. But it says his prayer was about thanksgiving, right? Giving thanks to the Lord for where he was at. And that he did this since early days. Now, do you think, <coughs> excuse me, the guys who are trying to put Daniel down, do you really think they're like, oh, day one, we'll wait till day four to go check him? No, where are they at? They know what he does every day. Every day he goes up to his window, opens the window, bows down before the Lord and prays. So where do you think they are day one? Right outside that window, looking up. I bet, he gonna, I bet he's going to do it. Let's see. So, pop, out goes the window. Down on his knees drops Daniel and his prayer begins. We see in the very next verse, it says, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king. Ink's not even dry yet. They went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree? <coughs> said that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days, except you, O king, will be cast into the den of lions? So the king answered and said, This thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said, That Daniel, you hear the derision in the voice? That Daniel, who is one of those captives from Judah, that's another way to throw in dirty Jew, does not show regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. That Daniel. Don't you see that that's the attitude of the world if you're going to be light and salt? Don't you realize that if you're going to be light and salt, it's got to cost something. It's, it, there's a price to be paid when we present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. When we say to the Lord, here am I. I'm laying down on the altar. My life for you. How, however you want to use it. Because the days are coming rapidly. I believe in our nation when men will not abide sound doctrine anymore. When politicians will tell us which parts of the Bible we can teach. When people will say this far and no further. You think, oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't call Canada all that oppressive, but it's already happened in Canada. You didn't know that? When you cross a border into Canada, tell them you're going over there to teach uh, at, a, at, at any church about uh, 1 Corinthians 6 or Romans chapter 1 through 3, that the subject of your talk is going to be about abhorrent sexual behavior uh, according to the Bible. You won't get in. They turn you around at the border. 
the days are coming and soon will be here when man is not able to stand by what the Word of God says. Now people say, oh, it's a big deal, I'll just give that up. That's right, where are you going to stop it? We'll give that up. We'll, 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 we're not going to talk, but we'll give up praying. We'll just lay that down. We'll, we'll give up what the Word of God says. We'll just close that off. Then folks, all we got is a club. I don't need another club. I don't want a club. I want what's real. I want to be a part of what's real. God calls us to be salt and light. Then where do we got to be? Where there's corruption. Where is there corruption today? <clears throat> what is the corruption that's easy for us to point to? Man, I can't even believe my own eyes. I was kind of stoked when, them, when all those videos came out and you could watch people in Planned Parenthood making deals to sell baby parts. You could watch it. You could hear their lips saying, yeah, whoa, we can do that. We can do that. That's awesome. I want a new Lamborghini. And they put the dude who made the videos in jail. Woe to you who call light dark and dark light. Who call bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Who call evil good and good evil. That's the world we live in now, man. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. We live in a world today, if you're a Christian who says, you know, I just can't be a part of this celebration that you want to do, so I, I'm just going to beg out. Do they sue you for $13 million? You kidding me? You know how many cakes you can buy for $13 million? That's just dumb. Where you can have a chapel. You retired as a pastor and you have a chapel. And in that chapel you do weddings. And one of the cool things you want to stay a part of. <coughs> but there's some weddings you don't want to do. So we'll take it away. Now you don't have a chapel. That's the world, man. If you're going to stand with the word of God. <coughs> that's not going away. Those things are not going away. And because I think in a lot of ways the church has been silent for so long, we've done what Jesus said. If salt is not being salty, if salt is not being in corruption and being a preservative, it's not good for nothing. It's not good for nothing. Look at Daniel, man. He just went and prayed. He's not being a jerk. He's not being rude. I'm not telling you to do any of those things. I'm just telling you to stand up for the truth. Let's not be afraid to say this is true. It's what the word of God declares. This is true. This is what the, the word teaches us, that we can stand by it. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. <clears throat> if you were of the world, then the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. They're going to do all this stuff to you because you are standing with me. 
Just think about those words. Jesus said, they're going to do all this stuff to you because you're standing with me. I want to be guilty as charged. I want to be guilty as a guy who believes that all that stuff the Bible says. What a knucklehead. I want to be guilty as a guy who very clearly chose sides. I stand with Jesus. Period. And everything that goes with it. I stand with him. That's what Daniel had chose to do. And it enabled him to be a transforming power under two world kingdoms. It didn't ruin him. It made him a voice. Not only that Nebuchadnezzar could proclaim the glories of God, but so could Darius. Does that blow your mind? It ought to. Wouldn't it be great if we saw uh, repentance across our nation and politicians standing up and saying, you know what, I, I've been doing this all wrong? Well, how's that start? God's people pray. God's people pray. God's people get engaged. God's people realize that nothing changes around here apart from us saying, here I am, Lord, use me. Use me. Well, when the king heard these words, he was greatly displeased with himself. He liked Daniel. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. And these men (coughs) approached the king and said to him, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians. No decree or statute which the king establishes can be changed. So, hey, you got to do what you said. Okay. So the king gave the command. They brought Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Now, if that's not a statement of faith, I don't know what is. He spent all his life watching the example of Daniel, what the example that Daniel was as he did his job. Daniel was no professional preacher. He just did his job in the palace. Number three guy. He did what he's supposed to do for the glory of God. He stood for the things that, that were the things that God stood for. He looked like his father. Right? He began to bear the characteristics. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who are we becoming like? Jesus Christ, right? No different. We're becoming like Jesus. So he says, your God is able to deliver you. (coughs) Then the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, just like a stone was laid over the grave. Yeah. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signet rings of the Lord's that the purpose concerning Daniel could not be changed. Psalm chapter 6, verse 8 says, Depart from me, all workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. They got him. We got him. He's in there with all them hungry lions. There's another one who took all that. He said in Psalm 22, 
great bowls of Bashan surround me. They open their mouths and they gape at me. A figure of speech um, in Hebrew poetry speaking of <clears throat> demonic powers. I'm sure that's how it was on that day. So Daniel goes in. The king's outside. The king's so distraught. What's it say? The king went to his palace, went and spent the night fasting. No musicians were brought before him, and his sleep went from him. And the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? (coughs) Daniel! Are you there? Man. We all know the story, right? Daniel's okay. But did you catch why? Did you see? Look, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. That sounds familiar to me. I can't make it a point of doctrine, but you can't beat me in the argument, so I win. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking in the fire. What is it that Nebuchadnezzar said? There's four in there, and one of them looks like Son of God. Daniel said he sent one of his angels. One of his angels. He sent his angel. There's an angel in the Old Testament called the angel of Yahweh. Now you guys know what the word angel means, right? It doesn't mean guy with wings. The word angel means messenger. Messenger. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. You don't think you can call that a messenger? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God the Word. God the Son. The angel of Yahweh. The angel of Jehovah. The Bible tells no man has seen God at any time. Why? Because the Bible tells God's invisible. But there are times we look in the Bible where people have seen God. Yeah, well, John chapter 1 tells us. Nobody's seen God. What they saw was Jesus. The Word. Messenger of God, the one who condescends from heaven to us to show us the attributes of God, what he looks like, who he is. I don't know. I think, oh, hey, Joe, <clears throat> I think that that what we have sitting there in the tomb is Jesus sitting right next to Daniel. And Jesus looking around saying, don't worry, Daniel, this den's not for you. I take this one. This one's for me, Daniel, not for you. I got this one. And so he closed the mouths of the lions and the lions, (coughs) they don't touch him. What was that like? You guys ever seen those things on YouTube where the dude's hugging lions and, you know, hanging on? Wouldn't you like to do that? I would like to do that, but I don't want to do it if it can eat me. In Isaiah chapter 11, we see that there's a day when the wolf will lay down with the lamb, right? And the leopard with the calf, and the little child will lead them all. 
when God restores everything, when he puts everything back together. So Daniel said, I'm here, O king. I have done no wrong before you. The lions have not hurt me. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded they should take Daniel up, <clears throat> get him out of the den. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. God is able, according to the power that works in us. And so God delivered Daniel. God delivered him. It says in verse 24, And the king gave the command, and they brought all those people who accused him. Bad day to be a false accuser, right? Bad day to be a liar. And we look at this and we go... Man, it seems kind of harsh. They threw everybody in. Women, children, everybody got thrown into lions, ate them all. You remember what I told you from the book of Amos? That the lions represent the justice of God. Where do you think they're all going? Where do you think the world is going as fast as they can run there? They're running into their own lion's den as fast as they can get there. And if God doesn't snatch them out, if every part of their being, that's where they're going. And how is it that God has chosen to snatch them from the lion's den? The gospel. Who's got the gospel? You and me. What you doing with it? Because if you're sad for these guys, you don't want to read the book of Revelation. And see the end. We got a job to do, right? To share the gospel, the gospel that changes everything. <coughs> Look at Darius, what Darius says To all people, nations, languages that dwell on the earth, peace be to you. I make a decree. In every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble. And fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed. All right? Remember Daniel chapter 2? His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will endure forever. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Man, you, Daniel's got the second king. Sending out a decree to the whole kingdom praising God. Because Daniel was willing to be used for transformation. He wasn't assimilated. He didn't look to separate. He said, I'm here to be transformation. To be plugged into the culture. To be plugged into what's going on. But I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ here. I'm going to stand for the gospel. I'm going to stand for Him. And there are three principles to this transforming uh, power that can happen in the life of a believer. We've talked about them all working through this chapter. The salt principle. Where you put salt. Where something's going to rot. The light principle. Where you're going to put light. Where it's dark. The third principle is the hurt principle. What was that? Remember Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you too. But when they do it, listen, please hear this. When they do it, listen. 
It's not the world being some kind of evil thing. It's the world just being lost. That's what lost people do. They don't know nothing else. They don't know nothing else. It's just the world being the world. It's just them being who they are. It's just them being just like you and I were before the transforming power of Jesus Christ got into our life and changed us from the inside out. We didn't change ourselves. Don't go kidding yourself. God changed us. And if we want to see that change happen out there, then we've got to be willing to share the gospel. That Jesus Christ bore it all. That He commands all men everywhere to repent and believe. To receive that which He has. These these principles are, are what we need to be a part of if we're going to allow God to transform our world. And that's really what I want. Because one day I'm going to leave. I'm going to close my eyes if Jesus doesn't return. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to breathe my last. I'm going to go to the Lord. On that day, I want to know, I did something for my grandkids. I did something for my kids to try to provide the example that Jesus Christ calls us to. Because you and I, we can be a Daniel. It don't require anything special. It just requires us giving ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Uh, how hard is that? Just lay down and let God use you. Just crawl up on the altar and say, I'm dead to me and alive to you. Allow God to do that perfect work <coughs> that he wants to do. For the world will yell... And they will say, like those lions, well may the accuser roar of sins that I have done. See, I know them all and a thousand more. But Jehovah, he knows none. In Christ, we are made white as snow. Amen? Why don't you stand with me let's pray.